Get yourself together. From the sounds of it, he seems like an okay guy, maybe really boring. I sent a text to my roommate and I was like, hey girl, if you see a snake in my room, don't be alarmed. He's in a latched <laughs> box. He's just here for the night. Oh, don't get me started on health insurance. I got into a fight at a Burger King once. I let them have my phone and no joke, I have 15 photos of cats wearing bunny ears. <laughs> Why is your nipple inside out? So that's kind of fun. That's super exciting. Hello and welcome to another episode of Get Yourself Together, the podcast where we take heavy topics and make them light. I'm Jesse the Therapist. And I am Jackson Carter. Hello, Jesse. Hi, how are you? I'm great. It has been a second. It's been a little while. Uh, what's new with you? Um, well, we're remodeling the house that uh-huh. we purchased. So we're doing the basement and I'm painting all the rooms and everything. And oh, let God me tell you. you, let me tell you, because I know why people pay painters to do these things. Oh, it's a pain in the can. It is awful. It's horrible. And it's it it makes a difference, but then, like, this morning I walked into one of the rooms that I painted fully, mm. and I was like, this is not that big of a dramatic change for me to spend, like, Oh, yeah, it feels so like it takes hours. forever. Yeah, and guess what the ridiculous thing is? Oh, so that I, wasn't the ridiculous no, thing? No. Now what? No. So I have three beautiful babies right. who want to help. You love your kids. Oh, my gosh, so 100%. much. 100%. Yeah. So I'm sitting there painting, and I notice little uh, paint splatters, just every, just a, a little walking trail of it, right? Sure. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, are who's you getting painted everywhere? Yeah, and so I'm running around. It's on my carpet. It's on the floors. I'm like oh trying God. to figure out. It is literally everywhere. And so I'm checking under feet, and it, like they're kind of like, well, what are you? What's wrong, mom? You know, because I'm like, somebody has paint on their feet. Freaking out. Yeah. yeah. And guess who had paint on their feet? Oh, who was it? Me. No. <laughs> yes. I thought it was going to be one of the kids. No. It's so funny. So I was cruising around putting paint everywhere. Mm. That's, yep. Are those new carpets? Those are new carpets. Oh, no. <laughs> because for whatever reason, we went backwards on it. Because you, you would, the yeah, smart paint thing. Paint first and, and then, then carpets. You, yeah. I got the paint out. Sure. Yeah, calm down. That sucks. That's so oh, that terrible. sucks so bad. Especially like carpet's expensive. Yeah. Like it's not a cheap installment. No, and I can't believe it was me. Yeah. It was me. And you can't be mad at anyone but yourself. No. Like that's the worst. I hate when you're really angry about something, like you're really <laughs> frustrated, and then you realize that it's all your own doing. And you're like, okay. And almost always it is my own doing. <laughs> like Almost 100% without fail, it is my fault for whatever trouble I'm in. Exactly. Well, and that's what that's what I was like, um, here's some goldfish. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I yelled at you. Yeah. I'm that's my B. gonna <laughs> walk away and go paint things now. Yeah. It was awful. Um, yeah. Oh, I can't, I cannot even imagine. Yeah. Like, so, oh, I'd be so frustrated. Yeah. Oh, man. I have more well, rooms to paint if you want to come help me. I, yeah, you got it. You really? I really will. I Listen, <laughs> I spent really? all summer last summer painting and constructing alligator cages, and I got real good at it pretty oh, quick. And pretty much my house is an alligator cage. Yeah, I mean, perfect. children are basically alligators. It's the same thing. Temperamental, ready to bite your hands off, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, yeah. gator stuff. All those things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, man. Did I ever tell you about how we got new carpets when I was a baby? And, like, I was always obsessed with helping and cleaning things. But I never knew what to clean. Um, (laughs) But we got brand new carpets and they were installed. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do something nice for my mom. I had to have been like five, maybe real young. So I go into the bathroom. I get some 
bathroom bleach cleaner <gasps> and spray it all over the carpet. And my mom comes out and sees what I'm doing and just loses her mind. I'm like, but mama, I'm helping. Like, I thought I was doing a good job. And she freaks out and she calls my grandma. She's like, you've got to come pick him up before I kill him. Like, <laughs> so she had, to rem- new carpet. Yep, she had to remove me from the situation. <laughs> so, hey, kids, if you're listening... Uh, maybe don't, don't try do to help. Just follow instructions. Yep. You, that's your job as a child. Until you turn 18, you just follow instructions. That's right. That's all you have to do, and then you can start making making the calls. That's right. They call the shots. Yep. No bleach. No, and don't anything with bleach. That's none of your business. <laughs> also, don't dump full bottles of shampoo down the drain, thinking that you're cleaning the drain, and absolutely don't dump a whole bottle of fabric softener into your mom's brand new dryer. She doesn't like that either. I can assure you. <laughs> <laughs> Not speaking from personal experience, no, obviously. Just, you know, just some tips. Yeah, just some kids. hot tips for you guys. <laughs> from, from a dummy who has made a lot of mistakes. <laughs> Jesse, what on earth are we talking about today? We are talking about uh, who's a creep. Who's a creep? Who's a creep? Oh, I like your little monster hands. Yeah. I mean, at some point we need to get a TV show we so people can see your gestures. See the hand gestures. Because I feel like... We do an okay job describing them, yeah, right. but you really need to just see what, what's happening there. You need to be here yeah, to experience it. For sure. All right. Who is a creep? What is a creep? Well, so here's the thing. So Charles Dickens, uh-huh. you know, that one guy. Yeah. Did Tell a couple things. Two Cities, maybe? <laughs> I'm not sure, actually, what he wrote now. <laughs> He's a big deal. Anyway, he, he created um, the idea of the creeps. Okay. Okay. And so the idea of the creeps is kind of, you know, when you get the chills or you get like a weird vibe from somebody oh yeah and it's it's something that has surprisingly not been researched a ton because it's it's kind of describing something that's not very well described it's not something that you can like right this it's is what a this is. it's a feeling and feelings are hard to say out loud right and then to make it where everybody can understand that one feeling and yeah. like you've like parted it out to a point where it's like oh yeah when I feel weird about this guy, or I get goosebumps, or... Yeah. Well, and it's so objective, too. That's kind of the thing about psychology and mental health, is that it's super objective, person to person. You're going to have a completely different experience to the same exact stimuli. Mm -hmm. And so, I can't even... So, first of all, trying to identify what that feeling is, and then trying to figure out a way to research it, it in a way that is qualitative instead of just like oh yeah that's how he feels about that great right that's hard yeah it's super hard well and um so frank uh, mick andrew he's a professor at um knox college in illinois mm-hmm. um and this is how he described it which i felt was probably the best definition i could find um so creepy is it's about an uncertainty to threat so your feelings of uneasy um an uneasiness because you think there might be something to worry about here but the signals are not clear enough to warrant you're doing some sort of desperate life-saving kind of thing. Oh, man. He nailed it. Yeah. I feel like that was that's really, really good. Really nailed it. Yeah, because it's not full-on fear. Right. We're not in terror. It's, it's just kind of this uncertainty of threat. I think about... I grew up in the George Bush era, <laughs> the the 9-11 era, where everything got real 9-11-y after a while. Oh, yeah. And every day, I would watch Mar- 
Mark and Megan on Fox 13, and they always went over the threat level calendar, the co- the like the yellow code. Yes. So it's always just constantly being in a state of just yellow panic mode. Yep. Where you're not going to take any action, and there's nothing really that you can do about it. But be or, aware. Yeah, but just, you know, if you see something, say something. Right. Yeah. But no need to, like, freak out. Right. Yeah. That's That's, like, level red. Then yeah. there's level black, which is just like impending doom. Yeah, everybody's gonna. I die. think. Sorry. Listen, it's been a while since I watched Mark and Megan on Fox 13, so. We might need to look up the threat. Uh, yeah, threat levels. The, yeah, wait, wait, because it's like a, a, a half circle, and they have yeah. the little arrow that will go like where. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So anyway. Threat level moderate. <laughs> moderate. Yeah. So the physical symptoms tend to be uh, the body feels cold, you have tingling in your spine, uh-huh. which is also. Kind of a subjective kind right. of thing. Uh, goosebumps and then heightened senses. Mm-hmm. The heightened senses tends to be a kind of a uniform thing where we're yeah. trying to figure out what's going on. Mm-hmm. Why am I feeling this way? What's going on? Yeah, there yeah. must be something wrong because I'm alert in some way. And and so it's, they have very little current research, but they also have um, like evolutionary psychologists right, ran with this. Okay. Uh, because it's part of our survival mechanism. Um, and what they determined that it is related to the agency detection mechanism that we have. So um, this is, these are mechanisms that evolve to protect us from harm at the, at the hands of um, predators and enemies. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's kind of like our general awareness, right? So it's the heightened awareness to try and determine threat with no to, uh, or little to no negative consequences if it is a false alarm. So, uh, oh, okay. yeah, so, like, uh, the, the cost of miscalculation of a threat um, really doesn't do anything to us. Right. Like, we didn't run around screaming that, you know, someone has a knife. Um, right. But we also didn't, like, kick back and be like, whatever. Take my shoes me. off. Kick cozy. Right. So yeah. you're, you're just in this kind of mid-threat <laughs> level yeah. where you are very much aware that there possibly could be a threat, but you're not acting dramatically in one way. Yeah, well, it's like walking to your car in the dark and then doing the Wolverine move with your keys. Yeah. Where you have your keys in between all your fingers, so you're ready to, like, lash out and hit somebody, but there's probably nobody around. You're right. probably fine. It could probably just be, yeah, it's probably just because yeah. it's dark and scary. And you're probably but not. worst case scenario, you get to your car, you lock it, and then you're like, well, that was a silly thought that I just had, and you move along with your day. Right, but nobody sees you. There's no right. social implications. It's yeah. fine. And that's the thing is, like, when we are being mugged mm-hmm. or we are, like, part of a terrorist attack or something, there is very, very clear emotions and signifiers that we are in some sort of danger. There's fear. There's dread, terror, all of that, because yeah. we very much know that something's going on. And your brain's just like, hey, you either need to take action now or get out of here. Like, you have two options right now, so figure it out. Right. Well, and uh, so it was really quite interesting, the things that they had found in, this, in these research studies that they're doing um, at Knox College. So um, perceived creepy people are more likely to be male than female. Yeah. Yeah. Because men are terrifying all the time. Well, and, and men, yeah, well, they are. It's the perception of men, and also, like, probably research can back that up. Right, but, but yeah, exactly. Where, like, a man could probably overpower somebody else. Right. Like, depending on their size. And so we see that as a threat. They become, you know, we think they are a possible yeah. violent, violent person. Um, and so they're more likely to be male than female. Right. Well, you sense. think, when you think of something, like, you're walking down an alley, you think of some big dude some yes. maybe a biker or something yeah and then 
and then a biker. Yeah, but if you saw a Girl right. Scout at the end of the at the end of the uh, alleyway, you're not going to be too concerned about that. No, you're like, no, I could totally push her down if I needed to. Yeah. yeah. And by the way, bikers really great people. Yeah, we love you. Guys. Like almost almost every biker that I've ever met has been an actual angel. Yes. And I actually, so here's something interesting I thought about not too long ago was I wonder if bikers, the, and I'm talking about like. ZZ Top beard, like mm-hmm. do rag wearing, big leather jacket with spikes, and bikers. Yeah. I know, I believe it or not, I know quite a few of these people. Me too. Uh, and I, I wonder if they feel pressure to act extra nice or extra welcoming or extra just really inviting kind of personalities because there is such a stigma around the way that they look and dress and who they associate yeah. with. And I, I think there is because the ones that I've met, sweet as pie. All of them. Well, and, th- and that's what I would be questioning, like, do they, like, what they look like or what they're doing, do they feel like they need to do that to fit in the culture, or do they just like the way they are, or they like the stuff? Yeah. Um, and then, like you said, do they feel like they have to be a little more outgoing and more uh, kind and to try Gregarious. to, yeah, to, like, yeah. express to people that they're not yeah. uh, out murdering people or whatever. Because we have the creeps by them. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. we think they're creepy. Well, and, and, and that's just it, is the reason why we think they're creepy is because they move away from our social norms. Yeah. And that's the big, like, if, if we're going to boil this down to one statement, it's against social norms that we don't like. So, like, occupations that are creepy, and these are the top ones, and this cracked me up. I can't wait. Um, clowns, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, calm down. What are you hiding behind that makeup? Exactly. Get out of here with uh, your giant pack- handkerchief. And then they, because they have clown names too, so they like mask their identity, and they also mask their right. They're their completely names. unknown. Yeah, so yeah. that's scary for us. Uh, taxidermists. Oh yeah, I could totally see that because you're t- taking apart animals, and yeah, putting them on frames and well, right. And well, and that's something that like most people would be grossed out by. So why are you so okay with it? Yeah. What, what's your deal? Yeah, exactly. What What happened in your childhood? Mm. Um, <laughs> sex shop workers. Oh man, that's so crazy. And I didn't I didn't think that one at all personally. No, me neither. But but I also used to sell sex toys, so <laughs> you know. Like we, no, but well, and that's just I don't I think that's just against social norms. So I it, right. they tend to find that more in um communities that are more reserved. Gotcha. Versus those that are, you know, like, you know, more like Salt Lake City, Utah yeah, maybe. Exactly, like like Utah. Yeah. Um it, it tends to be more of a socially odd thing versus like you know, anywhere else. Right. Literally. Um, Where there's one on every block. I'm talking to you, Milwaukee. Yes. <laughs> we do love you, Cincinnati, Milwaukee. Cincinnati, come at saying. me. Yeah. Um, and then funeral directors. Yeah. Also. Which which makes sense because um, death is a really interesting thing where um, a long time ago, death was very much a part of our day-to-day stuff. Yeah. Like It wasn't unusual to see a dead body on the street. Right. Well, and, and you would have to deal with that and you'd be burying your loved one and you mm-hmm. would be you'd be handling the body. Yeah. Um, and now those things get swept away and, you know, and then we handle it in various ways, but it's not a normal thing. Death care went corporate and now we kind of hide it and tuck it away. Morgues are in the basement now. And yes. well, and actually there's a really interesting book. If you want to do some extracurricular reading, you want some extra credit. Do it. I would recommend you read Smoke Gets in Your Eyes by Caitlin Doherty. Oh. She is a... She started working at a crematory where um, she was just all day long just burning bodies. Oh, wow. That was her gig. Uh, That was her jam. And then her grandma died, 
and basically she was told that she couldn't do like she couldn't prepare the body and that it was against state uh, law for her to handle the body in any way and all this stuff. She goes, I know that's not true. So now she does alternative funerals. Like she runs a funeral parlor that just does alternative funerals where you can uh, come in and discuss, like, this is what is totally legal. This is what uh, the state has said you cannot do with, with a dead body. But, like, if you want to take a few hours in your own home and prep the body and do, you know, your grandma's makeup or whatever, like, mm-hmm. you are allowed to do that. That is 100% okay. Right. Um, um, and so, I mean, obviously not for like a murder victim or something, probably just leave that body right. alone. Yeah. That one needs to get processed. Right. But, uh, yeah, she, it is fascinating. I, that opened my mind up so much to the idea of funeral workers and the death care industry. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but I could definitely see why that would be creepy to people because yeah, yeah it's so hidden. And now has, in her book, does she talk about grieving at all? Because I read this really interesting study and I don't have it quoted but um, but it talks about how our grieving process has changed. Oh, because we don't prepare the body, and right. we don't we don't dig the grave. Like there there was something really interesting about um, how people who had to dig the grave for their loved one. It was a strenuous process, right? And it was part of like you'd sob as you're like shoveling dirt, and it was like the whole family would come help, and everybody had a role in this yeah. grieving process and saying goodbye. Um, that we don't get now. No, and that's super important. Yeah. Like, what a way to come together and have... And also, when you're grieving, your mind is everywhere. Like, you are trying to figure out, not only are you going to miss this person, but also... You know, what's the next step? How, if people were dependent on the person who passed away, how are they going to handle it? And now you're getting a million messages on Facebook and I need to respond to these uh, and I need to pretend to be okay in front of people and cry secretly in my closet and stuff. Like, those are all things that are going through your head all the time. But if you had like one singular process where it was just like, okay, right now I need to dig a hole. Yep. That would be crazy helpful. Honestly, I think so too. I think because so you're too. being so mindful and so aware of the situation, and you're just letting yourself feel everything. Yeah, and especially if you did it as like a community. Absolutely. Well, and I I just think it'd be great because it'd be strenuous. Yeah. You could sob with other people. Yeah. You guys could talk because it takes a second to dig a grave. Oh, yeah. Um, and so you guys can. They're talk. deep, you guys. Turns yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> Real deep. <laughs> well, and like sharing stories and like yeah past deaths and you know what happens if so and so dies and and the whole thing. Yeah. And and so we have lost that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, you would. You totally would lose that. Yeah. So huh. I think I think that's super interesting. I mean, she does talk about the grieving process. Um, and actually, you know what? I totally messed up that the line in her book. What she talked about was how she did care for her grandma's body, even though people told her she couldn't, oh, and how it helped her a ton. Yeah. Right. Um, and that it was, there was another situation. I haven't have to reread it. It's been a couple years, but, uh, yeah, she, she talked about how it was really cathartic for her to be able to do that for her grandma and yeah. do, you know, use grandma's favorite pencil and specifically use the makeup that she wanted and, mm-hmm. um, do her hair the way that she would have wanted it and, and just, uh, have that time alone with her, with her grandma to say goodbye. Cause a lot of us don't get that. No. It's pretty much, I mean, a lot of times it's hospital room. Patient dies, final goodbyes real quick as they rush them to a funeral home, Mm -hmm. preparations, viewing, burial, or cremation or whatever. Like, you do not get any extra time. And 
Also, something I found out, man. Apparently, this is turning into an episode about the death care yeah. industry. But I am. Oh, I've always been super it's fascinated super by this. Yeah. yeah. Um. So when my mom passed, they, um, they said, "So you guys are gonna go with cremation?" We're like, "Yeah, we're we're gonna do that." And they're like, "Okay, well that has to be done in the next twelve hours, or you have to get her embalmed." Before the cremation. Yes. And yes. my grandparents weren't going to be able to make it up to say their final goodbyes. So we ended up having to pay to get her embalmed, even though they were just going to cremate her anyway, which was bullshit. Like, yeah. that is such bullshit, uh, in my opinion. Like, that that is so horrible to put a grieving family into that sort of position, because really all that is is a money grab. Like, it if feels you, like that. And I would wonder if there's, like, a state law or something, but still. I'm sure there is. But still. Like think, I mean, but a lot think of these, about the situation. Like, so and uh, something else that I learned: these uh, these state laws were written by funeral home directors, and they oh. have a yeah, because they're the ones that are dealing with it all. Right. So they have money invested into these laws. Anything that has to do with the care of someone after they pass away is obviously going to. Uh, make money for funeral directors and funeral homes Mm -hmm. so of course they're gonna make you embalm someone even though it's not necessary like if someone if a body's been kept in a refrigerator and you go a day you're gonna be fine you don't need to embalm that person like it's not they don't decay that that rapidly um it is straight up just something that was written into utah law i'm sure it's different other places but in utah law specifically um, the, after a certain amount of hours, the body has to be embalmed if you plan on doing a viewing. Mm. So, real gross yeah. of funeral care industries to be doing that. Yeah. But anyway, huh. back yeah. to creeps. Yeah, back to creeps. We should we should see if we can find a funeral director that would be willing oh, to come yeah. chat with us. Oh, yeah. I would, would love cool. to. Maybe we can call Caitlin. Because that oh. book, I'm not kidding yeah. you, so fascinating. It would be really interesting. And you kind of have to have like a dark sense of humor. Think about like back back when we talked about kind of gallows humor. Yeah. Um, to to stomach it because she does get very real and very graphic. But if you're cool with that, then it's a great read. Right. Well, and, and you have to you have to remember why people have that kind of gallows humor, and it's not because right. we're making fun of people. It's right. Because it's, it's because she straight up just had to deal with that every single day, mm-hmm. and to her, it was just kind of funny because. Yeah. That's how she norm. handled it. Yeah, yeah, it's your norm. So, um, yeah, and well, and, and what's interesting about the whole creep thing, um, it's also uh, so a variety of non-normative physical characteristics and non-verbal behaviors also contribute to creepiness. Yeah. So if you if someone has a tick, or if they um, like Tourette's or shout certain words randomly, mm-hmm. or um, like um, sometimes folks in the autism uh, on the autism spectrum will kind of flap. Yeah. Or kind of grunt or, you know, various behaviors like that. Or will be nonverbal, or be, yeah. which is really unsettling to you if you have a question for them. Yeah. Like, what are you doing here? What's going on? They don't on? answer. Exactly. Yeah. So you're like, uh, okay. And okay, so, creepy. Yeah. And so sometimes that can be seen as a, a creepy thing. Um, well, and, and, and another thing that was really interesting is participants did not believe that most creepy people realize that they're creepy. Right. Which is, I think that's pretty accurate. A hundred percent. Because... Most people are not up to nefarious. Like they don't they're think, not yeah. there to be harmful in any way. Most people because if most people were trying to harm you, then nobody would be alive anymore. Yeah, because we'd all, we'd we'd all, all be all... killing each other all the time. Right. <laughs> most people are fine. We just get the heebie-jeebies around things that are, are uncomfortable to us that are we're not different. aware of. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and that's so this kind of goes back to the racism argument. Yes. Um because let's get real. Nothing against Utah, but it is very white here. Yeah. 
You're white. I'm white. Most of the building we're that we're redheads in. redheads, too, which is Very fine. redhead. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> gingery beard. Uh, but... Uh, and and right now, I would say our company is the most diverse company in Utah. Like we we really are, and that is not saying much, you guys, for real. Um, see, looking around, you'll you'll see a few people of color, but you really don't see much of it here in Utah. Yeah. And so when people say that racism doesn't exist, it's like, well, of course it does, because your every single day, your norm is seeing happy white people, as far as the eye can see, <laughs> white moms taking their kids to school, white dads doing this, that, and the other. Like you're just used to seeing a white nuclear family, because that is what the majority is here. Yeah. Um, and when somebody who looks different than that, when a person of color comes in or speaks differently than you do, uh, that is. That can be creepy, whether or not you want to admit it, because this is something different. This is something out of the usual. Should I be scared of this? Mm-hmm. You get the creeps. Right. And and it's fine that that happens. Like, that's a normal thing. Your brain is normally going to do that. But you also have to be a rational human being. Yeah, you have to address those thoughts. Exactly. We, all have, we have lots of thoughts. Oh, yeah. We have thoughts about killing ourselves. We have thoughts about killing other people. We have yeah. thoughts about, you know, like... I don't know, stealing stuff and oh, yeah. all kinds of malicious things. How many if, times do I sit back and think, I could plan the perfect murder? Like, <laughs> like your brain does stupid, crazy things. Yeah, but then as a rational person, right. you go, no, that's a really bad idea. That's a, that's I a dumb thing. I should not steal that yeah. car because that would be bad. Right. You so know? to say that you're not racist or that you're not uncomfortable with uh, people who don't look like you, that's a silly thing to say. Right. That's a really silly thing to say. Yeah. So and instead, it could be like, I really want to know about this culture. Yeah. Like, I don't know much about this yeah. or that or, you know. And once it becomes part of your norm, then, yeah, you probably won't have those feelings anymore. You probably right. won't be creeped out anymore. Yeah. But and imagine being uh, a black person coming into, like, an all-white building. Like Oh, I can't even. Yeah. I can't even imagine how uncomfortable right. that possibly could be. Right. Well, and, and, it, just, and just, like, because, I don't know. I, can't, I, I don't know exactly how that would be, but I just know as a woman, different things that I've experienced, I can't mm-hmm. even imagine if, you know. Right. Well, I, it's, yeah, being in a like, room full of men, mm-hmm. that's, and you probably happens to you all the time. Right. Like, men supervisors and men presidents of companies and men, like, men are everywhere. Right. Well, and what's interesting is, because we've talked about how we were poor kids. Oh, yeah. Um, and how... Rich people yeah. make us uncomfortable. Yeah, they yeah. do. That There's that little twinge, and then uh-huh. you rationally have to think out, this is fine. Yeah. Um, but what I think is interesting is that, like, based on our clothing and our status in life now, mm-hmm. you wouldn't really know that we were poor kids unless you talked to us for a little bit. Right. Right? Um, but I mean, you look at my car and you would know. <laughs> you look at my car, my shoes, but, and my teeth, and you would get it. But, <laughs> but, but the thing that's interesting is that we can kind of mask that. Totally. Like, it's not the color of our skin or, or... It's not like your identifier. Yes. Yeah. Like, I can pretend that I grew up with a bunch of money. I can come up with all the manners and I can do all this different stuff to kind of mask the things that, you know, where I grew up. Yeah. You know? But you can't do that. And I, I actually got into a, a really interesting conversation uh, with with someone who was very well educated, um, but is Arab. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and she was talking about how um, how different it is. Like she she is is very important in her job, but mm-hmm. people assume that she's like the 
the um, an interpreter of some kind, right. or and that's not it's not a bad you, thing. You to couldn't be possibly be the person I have an interview with today, right? And yeah. it's, it, I just can't imagine that feeling of being a woman of color and like someone. Yeah. Giving me their car keys and be like, here, okay, you're, val- you're my ballet. You're my ballet. I'm like, uh, no, actually, I, I'm president of this building. <laughs> yeah. So I'm your doctor. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So exactly. Yeah. Like, I, I just, it's, it's an interesting experience. Yeah. Well, and, and then when you are, for lack of a better word, and since it's our topic today, when you are considered creepy, then you probably do go out of your way to assert yourself into a certain role before people can pigeonhole you. Yeah. And that has got to be fucking exhausting yes like i can't imagine being um a black person trying to make it in an all-white industry Mm -hmm. just how hard that would be and how immediately you have to identify yourself as something other than the black guy or the black woman or whatever you you immediately have to be something else in order to be taken seriously like that just sucks yeah and it's not on those people it's not on the quote-unquote creepy people Mm -hmm. the people who give us the creeps to change our minds it needs to be us being aware of okay well why am i feeling this and it's just because it's different and changing the way that we see things it's go it goes back to that being a rational person and not murdering someone or <laughs> in this case being a rational person and saying okay why am i worried about out about this person well it's because they're different and right. i just need to get comfortable i need to make that part of my norm so i'm over this yeah yeah. Well, and, and um, before I became a therapist, I actually worked with people with disabilities, mm-hmm. helping them um, uh, get employment and continue to keep their employment. Oh, that's great. And um, it was awesome. That's but really it cool. But it was really interesting watching, um, like, I would work with, like, for instance, there was a, a gentleman who was um, high-functioning autism. Mm-hmm. Um, and he knew literally everything about plants, literally. Like, yeah. things that, like... Subspecies, yeah, scientific just, and he names, knew all the names and all of it, and all of like all the appropriate the water levels and wow. everything, just insane. And um, went to this uh, gro- this grower um, of um, like the it was really cool trees, ornamental trees, I guess. I mm-hmm. think is what they're called. I don't yeah. know. Obviously, the, I was not the one with the plant <laughs> knowledge. Um, but I we went there. And, um, and he, he kind of had little ticks when he got nervous. Sure. And so like we'd been working on it, but he still has them. And so I was, I was talking to the supervisor and the supervisor was like, well, we don't hire people like him because he's, he's going to overwater the plants. And I'm like, I can assure you that, that this gentleman issue. here is not going to overwater the plants because he knows all of these, just give, give him a shot. Ask him what this what this tree is, whatever this random tree is, yeah. but I don't know what this it is. This pretty red tree. Yeah. I can't tell you the yeah, name, but, but he, he sure can. can. And it, it just blew me away. Yeah. I, I just, and it was so sad because he was the, the absolutely the most competent individual. Most qualified for the position. Yeah. But they, they just, well, we don't hire people like him. And I was like, are you out of your mind? Can you not you also, can't say that statement? Lawsuit. Yeah. I was just like. <laughs> Super duper lawsuit. Yeah. So it was, it was a really eye opening experience for me because I was just like. You hadn't experienced anything like that before. No. And if you haven't experienced things like that before, then, yeah, you probably uh, will make the same mistakes, and you probably think that way as well. But again, the onus is on all of us to change the way that we view those people. Right. Because it really isn't those people. It's all of us. It's just all of us. Yeah. Well, and so and so the biggest, the, the most important piece of all of this creepiness piece is First, you need to pay attention to your thoughts and try to rationalize why you feel that way. Mm. So, like, for instance, if you are scared of dolls, okay, you got to rationalize why you're scared of dolls. 
Right. Was it that creepy show you watched? Was it because their little eyes move? Is it because like you're they haunted? Have creepy hands. Yeah, whatever it is. Their little hands. Now dolls, you can avoid dolls, right? right. Until one shows up on like your doorstep or something that right. gets like real weird. But um, but if that happens, I think you're allowed to be afraid of it. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's fair. And just and just I don't know, call a friend. Yeah, have and, it removed. Hey friend, can you come get this? Um, but you can avoid those things, right? Mm-hmm. But in a situation where like we're we're working and we're experiencing life and all of that, if you have a situation that you are like, ooh, I'm creeped out by that person. Right. Well, why do you th- why do you think that is? Like, like I am a woman wearing a dress, and I'm going to be walking through a parking lot. Okay. Mm-hmm. If there is an and and this is really bad, but if there's a homeless gentleman sitting on the sidewalk, yeah. I'm going to be very aware that that person is there. Sure. Right. And it's just because I don't know his situation. I don't know if he's right. on drugs or not on drugs or desperate or whatever it is. Yeah. And so I'm going to be aware of that person. Um, but that doesn't mean that I can be mean or make right terrible comments you're not going to scream at him or no yeah yeah you can you can you can be in that alert mode without being yeah without being outwardly a dick (laughs) just avoid it because scientific term yeah yeah Yeah. actively being a dick i believe that that's in the uh, dsm am i uh, mistaken (laughs) (laughs) you can be diagnosed as chronically an asshole right (laughs) yes Yes, you can. No. <laughs> I mean, I diagnose people with that all the time. <laughs> Your DSM code is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, and so, uh, again, educate yourself on the culture. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember, because I grew up in West Valley, and so um, there would be f- folks in the, like, Polynesian culture who would yeah. buy an entire pig, and it'd be alive, and then they'd kill the pig, and then they would, you know, bury it, and, and it smelled amazing, oh, by yeah. the way. Yeah, because you've had that, right, where they do Oh, that. yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, it's amazing. I hate myself for it. Oh. I hate I hate eating pigs. I know. They're, they're, they're so, so smart. Sweet. They're so sweet. And they're such animals. nice animals. Yeah. But, um, but they're yeah. also delicious. Oh, my God. So. They're so, especially when they've been buried and they do, like, the slow cooking of it. Yeah. Now, now initially, it was like, what is that about? Right. Like, uh, they killed a pig. Did anyone like, else see them slaughter an yeah. animal in the streets? So just me. Just this, this. This is what's happening. And then, and then they'd have, like, a fire for 24 hours sitting in their backyard, essentially, with, right. like, hot coals and everything. Yeah. And then everyone, like, a ton of family members would come over, and it'd be this big, like, party. And it was like, uh, okay, well, this is weird. And then, like, I started, like, asking questions and figuring stuff out. And I actually worked um, in home therapy yeah. out in West Valley. And I got to know a lot of Polynesian families really, really well. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. Invite me to all these parties. This is this great. This is fantastic. Yeah. yeah, slaughter that pig. Let's, let's eat up. <laughs> Not really. Sure. No, I, I mean, it's fine. It. Yeah, but yeah, so it's, it's just understanding the culture um, and like people with disabilities and just trying to understand their place and yeah. what it's like to be them. And then you can kind of move from there. And that's where the rational thought totally. comes in. Um, and then you need, also need to go with your gut, though. Totally. You know? Never put, never let your guard down. No. Like, no always be aware of the situation around you. Always know what the threats are. Because let's get real, it is scary out there. Yes. The world is scary. All the time terrifying. Mm-hmm. I And also, I'm probably more aware of it because of how much true crime I read. <laughs> and how much, how many true right. crime podcasts I listen to. Right. But, um, yeah, there, you can't just assume that everyone is nice because that's also very dangerous yes that's just as dangerous as assuming everyone is terrified like uh, this is just as dangerous as like being a super racist or anything like that yes yeah not being educated um and something i would say something i would add to this is 
if you're in a position where you might be considered creepy, um, be patient and understanding. And I'm sure I'm preaching to the choir on this one. But for, so, for example, growing up, a lot of times I was the first gay person that somebody met. And so you kind of have to act as an ambassador. Yes. To mm-hmm. to people who don't understand your culture and don't understand um, what it's like to be you. Mm-hmm. And that can be exhausting and frustrating. And no, it's not your job to do it. No. You don't have to be. You don't have to be the token gay that teaches them everything about gay culture and gay terminology. That is not your job. However, mm-hmm. just think about how much good you'll be spreading in the world if you are a good one. How, like, think about the next time that they meet a gay person. They're not going to feel creeped out. They're not going to feel... Um, like they're in danger. Like they're being, yeah, they'll yeah. be more understanding. So if you have the patience, and you have to have a lot of it, fair enough, <laughs> to uh, have those conversations, those really weird, awkward conversations where you get asked about your sex life, where you get asked about <laughs> your gender, where you get asked whether or not you're the woman in the relationship, all of those. Um, oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, all the time. Wow. Constantly. But see, but and that's so weird to you, mm-hmm. but... Like, that's something that happens still to this day, even with, like, gay people having a very prominent role in the media and, yes. like, it being fairly compared to when I came out, you know, 12 years ago, right, 13 right. years ago. Even now, it is still kind of uh, creepy. It's still kind of in the shadows. Sure. Um, but, again, if you can be, if you can lead by example and be the make a really good first impression the next time someone meets a gay person who is an asshole they'll just be like well that, that guy was an asshole not he was an asshole because he was gay right he's yeah. just an asshole exactly and like i said it is exhausting and it is not your job but as like one gay person speaking to another and i can only speak from this point of view i don't know what it's like right. well, to be I'm a, a different race to it, but i can't speak for someone who's hispanic or right. exactly yeah. just you know do us all a solid and just be nice to people. <laughs> please just be nice to people. Everybody. Just everybody be nice to yeah, each other. I think please. that would be good. Well, and do you want to know what the, the creepiest hobby is? Yes. So, Is it podcasting? <laughs> I'll bet that's the creepiest hobby. Yeah. No, but that would be amazing. That would be hilarious. Oh, my gosh. They should do a whole panel on that, the creepiness oh, yeah. of podcasting. Um, no, it's collecting um, uh, body parts. So, like, fingernails or bones or, like, antlers or, you know. Taxidermy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, So, collecting things that you, uh, teeth, that's the thing. Yeah. Yeah, that is creepy. I'm sorry. I can't get on board. So, like, the tooth fairy technically would be a huge creep. Total. Oh, everything about the tooth fairy is creepy. She in your room. Uh She steals your tooth. Your body parts. She gives you a token item of some kind. Yeah. What is that about? Yeah, that is creepy. I mean, they're all of the holiday heroes are kind of creepy. A little bit. Yeah. Why does that bunny have so many eggs? What is he doing to those chickens? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like right. Santa Claus, he comes down your chimney, he eats all of your food. Yeah. You don't but know what he's doing. A token of, have you seen the movie Hop? No. No. So, but it, it has my boyfriend James Marston in it, oh so gosh, I'm listening. Beautiful. Isn't he beautiful? Oh, he's so cool. Um, but it's interesting um, because my kids watch it. It's like, yay, Easter. And I'm looking at, like, the, the difference between the bunnies and the chicks and how they're treated within the movie. And it, there's a hierarchy. I was like, totally. what? You can't. Bunnies are I actually, just as important as chicks. Yes. So 
I, we're going to go on another tangent. Let's do it. You can fast forward like one minute and we'll like, probably be out of it. Yeah. But have you watched, and do your children watch, more importantly, Star versus the Forces of Evil on the Disney Channel? No. Okay. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. I would highly recommend it, though. The first uh-huh. two seasons are on Hulu. Oh. It is, uh, when you watch it, it just looks like a space princess who comes to Earth on a foreign exchange program and causes a bunch of mayhem. Say the name again. Star versus the Forces of Evil. Okay. Um, so it's about the space princess who, in her kingdom, back on her home planet of Muni, she doesn't want to, she, like, bucks traditional gender norms, and she's, like, a badass princess who beats up monsters and stuff. Uh-huh. Um, and then, because she's so unruly, they send her to Earth to be an exchange student. Oh. It's so great. And when she's on Earth, she just, she has a magic wand, and she just causes a bunch of trouble. <laughs> And when you watch it, that's it seems really superficial, just super, yeah, yeah shallow. But as this progresses, it always just kind of calls back to how her home planet is kind of a mess, mm-hmm. and how there is super, there are a lot of um, class issues where the super rich are living their lavish lives, and how there are really super poor people, but they don't really get into it. And then as the series progresses, you start to realize, and she starts to realize too, like. The monsters were there first before her oh. her ancestors took over the the planet. The monsters were there first, and all they're trying to do is protect their ancestral home. Mm-hmm. And then they, you know, they show her what it's like to be an average citizen on Muni and how poor it is and how hard it is to to live there. Even though she's been living in a castle her whole life, she had no idea. Oh wow! And it is just, it is so well done, and it is, it happens so slowly and so easy for kids to grasp that concept. I'm like, any kids that watch this show are going to be geniuses. Oh my god! And they're going to be super that. empathetic, and they are going to understand classism in a way that. Is that's a really hard thing to teach children. Like, mm-hmm. not everyone has what we have. Or right. just because your friends at school have a lot doesn't mean that we can do that for you, too. Like, it, you really understand it. It is so good. And also just really funny. Oh, good. I'm going to look it up because I, yeah. I love things like that. Like Cars 3, how Cruz is a female. Uh-huh. And, you know, and she's a little Hispanic lady. And yeah. just awesome. Um, and now that she, they don't want her to race because she's female and she's... Girls a smaller can't race. Car. Right. Yeah. And then they have her do that. Mm-hmm. Like, it was really interesting watching uh, my kids watch that. And my son, too. Not just my girls, but just like, oh, yeah. No. I think it's yeah. more important for boys to see women represented well in right. film. I and think that are way... capable. They're exactly. capable. Exactly. Yeah. Like, women, sh- girls should be able to see powerful women in film because it's empowering and that's great. But more importantly, boys need to... And, Honestly, men mm-hmm. uh, need to see powerful women in film and TV because it teaches you to that, that that's okay. Like, that's an okay thing for a powerful woman to come in and own the damn place. Yeah. Well, and it's the same thing like uh, Black Panther. Yeah. Um, have you seen it? No, I haven't Okay, yet. So, so that's why that is so, it's such an uh, important movie is that we have a whole bunch of white superheroes. Oh, yeah. They're as far as around. I can see. Right. But but it is so amazing that they made that movie where kids of color can see their su- like see superheroes that look like them. Yeah, like representation is important. It's so important, and 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 the fact that some people were pissed about that, like I got in an argument with somebody about that, mm. but, and it's like no, I don't think you understand. Like as white people, we have superheroes that we can look to. Totally right. But but as as folks of color, like how amazing is that? Every every kid should have that. 
where they have something to look up to. Yeah. That's that's powerful and amazing and mm-hmm. is moral and revered and yes. celebrated. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's important for white kids to see that too. Yes. And see that black people can be powerful and equal parts of the team mm-hmm. and they can fight bad guys too. And yep. like that that's important for white kids to understand because yes. we don't get enough of that. No. I didn't growing up. No. That's for sure. No, and <laughs> right. Well, I, I don't. I just think that we're moving in a good direction, totally. and I think we just need to to keep keep moving. It just needs to keep happening. Yep, a hundred percent. Yep. Great. Anything else on creeps? No, that's no. the extent of it. Yeah, that's it's really great. Got into a lot of different. Yeah, we branched out a little bit, but it also like all makes sense. Yeah, because really, and I I've actually said this a lot when. I get into political discussions because I I'm very I'm pretty left wing I'm pretty uh, pro women pro trans people pro gay and when I hear arguments about men um, like oh they're trying they're trying to ruin society or whatever when I hear straight white dudes talk about things like that I have to remind myself that they're just afraid that they're going to get left out. They're afraid yeah. of getting replaced they're, they, because they've held that title for so long. Right. And when you're so used to being in first place, sharing that spot with someone, sharing the podium with someone can feel like you're being disenfranchised. Yeah, it can be scary because that, that place that you have right. fought for is all of a sudden going to have exactly. competition in it. And it's not that these people are bad people. It's not that they're mean. It's just that they're afraid of not being invited to the party. Right. There's room for everybody at the party. I'm sure you learned that from the Polynesian neighbors. Yeah, exactly. Well, and, but that's the thing is like, I think the, the more competition you have, the better it is. Because oh, it makes you better. Yeah. You have to be better to be good. Yeah. You can't just get it because you're a white dude or, or whatever. You have to be the best for the position. Yes. Yeah. You have to be very competent. You have to have a good skill base. Well, and that's kind of, I mean, we're going to get into politics a little bit. I know. Just bear with me. Right. But it's like... Yeah, I'm not sorry. Um, <laughs> I told you to bear with me. Fast forward again. Um, but it's like um, what I what I always thought about Obama's uh, presidency was that he got a lot of flack for a lot of things that most presidents it wouldn't be a headline it wouldn't even be a tweet it wouldn't be a passing thought because he was the first so not only did he have to be a good president he had to be the best president yeah and there's no such thing as the best president or a perfect president they're people because they're people right and so he he had to be the best representation of black people and the best representation of america and that's that's a silly thing to hold someone to yeah like the the when everybody was all in an uproar because he, they, he smoked at some point. Oh, yeah, yeah. He like, smoked in the Rose Garden. Oh, calm down. Easy, kids. Calm down. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let's not forget that George Bush had, like, a severe cocaine problem <laughs> through, like, most of his early life. Like, did us so much cocaine and whiskey. So, calm down. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, but that's the thing. But because yeah. it was the first black president and we were looking for reasons for him to not be good at his job. Right. Yeah, and I don't even think that that was intentionally racist. I think it was just a creep factor where you're just like, this is new, this is weird, I don't like it. Right. What What is he doing wrong? It's like, oh, man, he looked to the left when he answered that question. That means he's being dishonest or whatever. Like, no. Yeah, like, oh, come on. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, let's do some advice column. Let's do it. What do you say? Listener mail, if you have any issues that you would like us to address, you can be completely nameless. We will not use your name. Just tell us in the first part of the email. Yeah. Um, Unless you want us to shout you out on the podcast, which we're also happy to do. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, if you don't have an issue, but you just want to say hi, please let us know. Yeah. 
And also, rate, sub, uh, subscribe, review our show on whatever podcast director you're listening to. Um, but the email is gytshow at gmail.com. G-Y-T, like get yourself together, show at gmail.com. This person says, hello, I love the show. Thank you. Uh, oh, she would like us to know that her name is Katrina. Okay. Great. Hi, Katrina. Uh, my child is in his last year of preschool he got in trouble last friday for telling a girl that he loved her the girl's parents complained to the school before they contacted me about my son's quote inappropriate behavior oh my gosh (laughs) oh wait my son was just expressing himself and how much he enjoys playing with the little girl at school she didn't complain but her mother did yesterday the mother and i got into an argument in the school parking lot oh uh-oh yeah not good but we'll get to that in a second. Um, about her overreaction. Uh, you don't okay. call it an overreaction. Yeah. And it's not her overreaction. It's our situation. <laughs> anyway, we'll get into this in a second. Uh, she says, my son acted inappropriate. I disagree and don't be- uh, believe he understands what, quote, I love you means. The school is siding with the girl's mother. My son feels horrible. Um, are the school and the mother overreacting? Is it okay for a preschooler to say, I love you? All right, Katrina. Okay. So, so I would just like to preface that preschoolers like lick each other's faces. Yeah, they're like, gross. So, they have no yeah. personal skills. They eat each other's boogers and all kinds of gross. Yeah, they're nasty. So, okay, go ahead. Uh, well, <laughs> what I would say is, I mean, yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with saying I love you or expressing that. Yeah. In fact, we are, we tend to be as a society really against expressing affection. Which is very strange to me. Um, it's an American thing. It is definitely an American yeah. thing. Uh, I don't think I don't Our see Aussies that. Aussies will understand. Oh yeah. yeah, Australians they have no personal space with their friends. <laughs> it is hilarious. Like or Norwegians. Oh really? Man, are they handsy with their friends? <laughs> like it is not unusual to see like two dude friends just like broing out, like <laughs> holding each other, cuddling. Like I I watched some uh, GoPro footage. We had a foreign exchange student uh, who hung out at our house all the time, and uh, showed us some GoPro footage of him just hanging out with his buddies and they were like it was like a funny thing to just grab each other's crotch or whatever like <laughs> that was like a totally normal thing I was like oh my god if you tried to pull that in America holy crap abuse. exactly yeah. yeah or just like oh what are you gay bro or like <laughs> like yeah but it, to them it's just completely normal to be handsy and affectionate and like tell your friends how much you love them yeah um, not on Instagram but in real life um, yeah because we do a lot of that on Instagram I love you but that's for likes Mm, happy birthday to love of my life like okay um (laughs) no i don't think that that's inappropriate uh but i think this moment would be a really good time to sit down with your uh son he's in his last year of preschool so he's about to go into kindergarten i think this is actually the perfect age to sit down and talk about consent and talk about you know say you know it's always you should always ask before you hold someone's hand make sure they're okay with it um if you don't want to hold someone's hand it's okay to say no if you don't want to give grandma a hug it's okay to say no like now is the time to teach them that they have autonomy with their body yes but with regard to being, quote, inappropriate behavior, no, I don't think it's inappropriate. I definitely think the school is overreacting. I want to know, though, is there more to the story than you're hearing from your son? I feel like there's more. It, but the, the, the key here is that you never say someone is overreacting because no. the overreacting person will never feel like they're overreacting. No. And that will not get your... your point across that like you're being too emotional like no one's ever been oh "Oh, you're right oh tell me i'm acting crazy tell me i dare you (laughs) 
Right. So um, even though I think it's, I think that's sweet. Actually, I think it's cute. Yeah. I think it's super cute. He likes his little friend. Um, and maybe there is more to the story, and maybe not. Maybe they're just in preschool, and mom's right. maybe a little more. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, hovery over yeah. situations or like worried about because well, it's like you know it's the first time your kid is leaving the house for a portion of the day and yeah. that's really hard to do oh my gosh it's it's so sad yeah i'll plenty bet of, plenty of times i've walked home like sobbing mm. you know, i put my little babies in right in school, into the big bad world i know right yeah um but but i love what where you're going with this where it's it's talking about consent and he's also learning about the real world and in the real world we do have to work within societal norms right and so um even though i think it's just silly um, the school doesn't want him to say that this, this girl's mother doesn't want him to say that. Um, so just discussing that, yeah. you know, the consent piece and being like, well, let's not share those words yeah. with this young lady. This is an okay word at home. Cause I love you. You love your sister. You love whatever. Um, that is a perfectly okay at home word and start talking about at home words and at home actions. And you <laughs> know, usually come up with swear words. Yeah. This is an at home word. You don't, repeat you don't say word. damn it in the grocery store, please, <laughs> please. You shouldn't be saying it at home either, but no, I lost but, that battle. But, yeah. So home. Okay, fine. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll make some concessions <laughs> yes. here, but yeah, like, um, it's yeah, that. So when I was in middle school, I was in peer support and one of our, uh, weekly activities is we would have the special ed kids come in and we'd help them with their homework. We'd do a science project with them or whatever. It was great. Um, but the teacher, one day I worked with a gal with uh, Downs and the teacher came in and said, so right now this is what Amy's working on. She sat down with me and explained it in a way that I could understand it. Cause I was like, <laughs> I don't, I don't know what this means. She was, we're talking about boundaries and she understands that you're her friend. So you're in her green bubble mm -hmm. and so it's okay to high five you and it's okay to give you a hug if it, if you she asks first um but she would do, wouldn't treat you the same way as she would treat her family who's in her red bubble mm -hmm. where you know she's lovey-dovey and affectionate um and so she's very it's very clear to her that you're in her green bubble just try to stay within the green bubble i'm mm -hmm. like I love that. that is it's fantastic. so cut and dry. Like, yeah. this is how to interact with this type of person. Right. And teaching and giving them the tools to decide what bubble is this person in and, yes. and being able to talk with them about it. So maybe, I don't know, implement something like that. Oh, where, I love that. Yeah, I think that's awesome. Yeah, like, okay, this is, this is your blue bubble. This is how you talk to teachers, and this is how you act to teachers, and you obey, and you follow the rules. You know, your friends are in your green bubble. Your family's in your red bubble. Like, mm -hmm. explain it to them in that way because it's still very age-appropriate, but it it'll help get past that it's more black and white it makes sense exactly because yeah. kids don't do well with gray no nope. adults don't do well with gray if we're being no. honest yeah that's yeah but um kids don't have the reasoning <laughs> in their brain to be able to decide those things for themselves so right. just give them the tools to try to figure it out yeah i love that don't figure it out for them let them figure it yeah. out and don't confront moms like that unless you have someone there who is going to be like a witness yeah. and a mediator Totally. And all that business. It there's no there is no no problem that will be solved by you guys standing in a parking lot being yeah. mad at each other. Well and, and that's exactly it. Like this mom was obviously distressed mm -hmm. and the worst thing you can do is add distress to her life. Yeah. And it's so hard to be nice to people you think are wrong trust me on this. Right. I think everyone is wrong all the time. <laughs> but um 
you're going to get so much more accomplished and you're going to maybe even like build a good relationship with this mom. Cause who knows, maybe you need her to carpool one day. Um, you know, you can't make it home from work in time to whatever. Um, if nothing else. Your babies are still in the same class. Exactly. And so. they're probably going to, unless you move, they're probably going to be for a long time. Right. Um, so next time I think the appropriate action to something like this would to go, go up and say, hi, I'm so-and-so's mom. Um, here's my number. I don't understand what happened the other day, or I'm really sorry about what happened the other day, or I'm sorry if it was misinterpreted. Mm-hmm. Can we sit down for coffee and have a talk about it? Like if you had approached it that way, maybe she would have, you know, told you, well, this is also what she said. You know, they went behind the slide and played doctor or whatever. And that's what was inappropriate. Right. Or maybe she would have said, you know what? You're right. I was being overreactive. It's so hard when kids leave. Right. And you guys yeah. could have had that really good dialogue. Right. Um, so next time, maybe consider something like that instead. Always communicate first. Yes. And then fire later. <laughs> because that's what, you know. That's, that's not my advice. We always want to fire first. Uh, what, yeah. yeah, just stay calm, have that communication. Totally. And you might just not like each other, but you're going to have to deal with each other. Yeah, too. because that's what a community does. Uh, sorry. Yeah. Again, if you ever have any issues, hit us up, gytshow at gmail.com or to our website, gytshow.com. And again, please rate, review, and subscribe. Tell a friend. We're trying to, uh, we want to keep this going, guys. Yeah. We're trying to keep this going for a long time. Yeah. Uh, so let your friends all know about it. And until next time. Be a decent person. Don't be a dick. Bye. <laughs>